Welcome to Fertility Cafe, the home for every conversation exploring alternative family building through IVF, surrogacy, egg, sperm, and embryo donation. Our host, Eloise Drain, alternates episodes between educational shows covering specific topics and guest narratives for further insight. For a mastery, understanding, and confidence in all things alternative family, subscribe to Fertility Cafe. Hey there, welcome to episode 95 of Fertility Cafe. In this episode, we'll be talking about what it's like for a gay intended parent to navigate third-party reproduction. Surrogacy is frequently a final consideration for heterosexual couples desiring children after either dealing with the health situation or infertility issues that prevent them from being able to have children themselves. In contrast, for gay couples looking to start a family, surrogacy and adoption are often the only viable alternatives. The surrogacy process can be extensive and costly, and because laws vary from state to state, it can be even more complex for same-sex couples looking to become parents. My guest on today's show is a medical speech-language pathologist and host of the podcast, Going Through Something with Carnell Roberts. He lives in Atlanta with his husband and their Bernie doodle, Swift. Carnell is a huge Taylor Swift fan. He is a new dad to a beautiful baby girl who happens to share my birthday. I'm a huge fan of his podcast, so I'm very excited to welcome Carnell to the show today. Carnell, it is so great to have you on with me today. Yes, I'm very happy to be here and to see you and to join you and to be a part of uh, an amazing podcast. So thank you for letting me join you today. Well, thank you. So first, let's start with your story. Tell us a little bit about you and your husband, Gavin, and kind of just your overall family building journey. Well, I guess that's a very interesting question because when I think about that, it was something that I never thought I would have as a gay Black male living in a very unjust world often, I grew up thinking, okay, I'm never going to find a person. I'm never going to get married. I'm never going to have kids because of course that was not the lifestyle that I had in my head was not being seen when I was growing up. But flash forward to many years later, God had different plans for me. And I met my husband who, by the way, is the first person I've ever dated in my whole entire life. Yeah, it's the truth. I actually wrote all these things on my mirror in my bathroom, all these different symbols. And of course, they were only meant for me to understand understand because I didn't want people putting their bad juju on what I was trying to put into the universe. And so I like put those things on my mirror and I prayed for those things when I brushed my teeth at night. And in the morning, I saw them and I prayed over them and I believed in them and I saw them in my mind and spoke them into existence. And then Three years later, I went on a date with him and he had every single quality I was praying for. Oh my gosh. And I went home to my roommate and I said, well, I think I just met the man that I'm going to marry. And then that is exactly what happened. So I married him and we've been together for about seven, about seven years now. And it has been exactly what I feel like I've manifested into the world. And so That's how I started with my personal life. Yeah. And when you experience something like that, you can't help but to continue on that same journey with Mm -hmm. the same prayer, with the same attitude, with the same mindset. So I think in 2018, 
I went to Gavin and I said, we need to go and figure out how much it's going to cost for us to have children. Notice how I didn't say, do you want to have children? Mm. I said, we need to go. <laughs> I said, we need to go figure out how much it's going to cost for us. And a little bit about my husband is that like, I always have the great ideas. I always have the vision. I can always see things. I can see past ugly. I can see past this doesn't exist yet. And he is the analytical one that's like, well, what about this? What about this? But in the end, it's always like, oh, that was a great idea. I'm glad you did that. And I'm like, hopefully you'll catch on to this theme here soon. So we went to a fertility clinic here in Atlanta, where we live, and we found out how much it costs. And understandably so, our jaws dropped. But being forward thinkers, we decided that we would start saving so we can get into the process of doing that. I mm-hmm. think it was 2020. And we met you and we spoke about, you know, what we wanted and what we were looking for. And of course, after you so thoroughly explained, you know, what kind of agency you were and how your company worked, but also most importantly, your personal story, we knew immediately that we were in the right, we were in the right hands. And so we were so excited about that. But of course, there were a lot of bumps on Mm -hmm. the way, but Mm -hmm. so well worth it. And so we're in the year 2023. So it's, it it took about three years, but timing doesn't matter when things line up perfectly and, and you get exactly what you need when, when you're supposed to have it. Yes. Yes. Amen to that. So let's talk about those bumps because I think Unfortunately, you know, when someone starts going down the path of surrogacy, you put in your mind like, okay, I find a surrogate, she gets pregnant, we deliver a baby and we're done. And nobody really talks about, well, not necessarily, you know, as you're going through this journey, depending on your situation, you know, you might be lucky and not really have a whole lot of bumps in the world in your journey rather, but life is about bumps. There's valleys and there's hills and there's all kinds of stuff that you will endure throughout entire life. And surrogacy, quite frankly, is no different. So if you don't mind kind of sharing what you guys kind of had to go through along the path. Yeah. I do want to say you're actually, you're absolutely right about the bumps and stuff like that, because the only thing you think about is a baby bump. That's 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 what you're trying to get to. You don't think about the actual hurdles to get there. And I will say, based on my experience, and I can't speak on behalf of my husband, but I was totally unaware of fertility, surrogacy, anything like that. All I knew is that I was a gay man living in the United States. How do I have kids? There's adoption. We're all totally abreast to how that works. So we think. And then you have this anomaly over here known as surrogacy and for IVF. And you're like, I don't even know anything about all of that. So for us, it was, I'll just start off with like our embryos. We had 12 embryos, six of them were viable, three girls, three boys. And we had already intended on not finding out what the the gender was for whatever embryo was implanted. So I believe that we found a gestational carrier with family inceptions in August, I want to say. Mm-hmm. 
And then I believe our transfer was in late October. Mm-hmm. And that was with our first gestational carrier who was actually on the West Coast that um, was found for us, who was amazing. And I know that for us, we really wanted to be parents. And we were like, we don't care if she's on the West Coast. Who cares about timing? We did two transfers with her. And both of those transfers were unsuccessful. And that was very, very daunting. And that's when I think we realize that IVF and being a gestational carrier was not the simple math that we had put in our heads, that it was much deeper than that, that it was much more difficult than that, and that it was going to require us to really love on each other in a, in a different way and support each other in a different way, especially because we had agreed that we weren't going to share this with anyone, that we were going to keep this between us and that no one was going to know about what we were doing. So you didn't share it with your family at all? No, no one knew that we had a gestational carrier. No one knew that we were doing IVF. We didn't want to do any of those things. I am a huge proponent of words and people speaking things. And so it's very important to me that if I'm manifesting something, I don't need someone else over here trying to negate what I'm trying to put out there or trying to, if you will, get into my mind and and make me change the way that I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's very important to me that I, whatever I speak to my husband, that we're on the same page so that we can speak those things together. Mm -hmm. So we, of course, agreed contractually to do three transfers with our first gestational carrier. However, our, our fertility physician suggested that we not move forward with a third transfer. And we completely agree with that. It was very difficult, even more so because you have someone who's being so kind and generous to do something for you, such as carry a baby for you. And then it doesn't work out. And then you have to part ways. And it's, you're not saying your body wasn't good enough for me or your body didn't work, but you might not be saying that, but the results make them feel that way. Mm-hmm. So I think you also have to figure out a way to heal yourself, but also remember that there is like not only your spouse in this, but there's another person who was doing something for you plus their spouse. And they are also healing from that. Mm. So Something I'm going to share with you that you don't know about our journey, so this will be a surprise to you, is when our first two transfers didn't work, we were like, for me, I was like, I really want a baby and I want one right now. So we were going to consider adoption. And then we went through an adoption kind of like call just to kind of figure out how it worked. And I told my husband, I was like, I don't think this is something I'm interested in. I I would rather be patient. But just to give the listeners an idea of the types of surrogacy agencies that are out there that make yours one of the best that I know is that we actually started investigating other agencies because when we had spoken to our intended parent advocate that it was going to be two years before we could possibly find another gestational carrier for us because of COVID and Women didn't want to be at home with their own kids and try to carry someone else's kid, someone else's kids. And so it was, again, a very sad situation. It was like one of those things where it was like, I know what I want and I want it now. And it, was like, <laughs> it was like, well, how do I do that? So we had actually reached out. 
with another agency and we had spoken to them and the whole idea premise and what they stood for was very, it just didn't sit right with us. Mm. And it was like one of those things where we were, where we were reaching and we were like, okay, we could choose this person. We could try this. And so we actually had a phone call with our intended parent advocate. And that day we were going to explain to her that we were going to pursue other options. But before we could say we could pursue other options, she said, we might have someone for you in the pipeline, but we are waiting on a few things, but we think that she's going to be perfect for you. So my husband was at work and I was at home and I texted him and I said, I'm not going to bring it up. We're going to table it for now and wait to see how this happens. And then flash forward, we were awarded, if you will, given, blessed with whatever terminology you want to use with our second gestational carrier, who was the one that carried our daughter full term. And Mm -hmm. I feel like that is the best kind of like description of the bumps because the bumps in the road, they include fear, they include hope, they include so many times the thought process of it's over. And how do I do this for myself? How do I figure out how to make this work? Instead of being patient and waiting for your time, it's like, how do I make it work? What can, what can I do? Should I go to another agency? What is it that, that, that I can do? And that's what we did. And we're truly blessed that God kind of like stopped us in the middle of the road and checked us. I mean, like, what are the odds of our intended parent advocate saying, we have someone for you? And we stopped right there. Our, our journey could have been completely different if that hadn't been said. Mm-hmm. And um, we, I actually heard from our gestational carrier that she was actually provided with other profiles profiles and that were considered for her and that she said no. And then she read ours and was like, okay, yes, they're perfect. And again, it's the alignment. It's, it's of course, hindsight is 2020, but I think the important thing in this is learning and being able to look back and understand why you did what you did and what you wanted, but also understanding that you have to understand that there's beauty in the bumps mm. and the bumps tell the story, whether yeah. that be a speed bump or that be a, ba- a baby bump, it tells a story. And it's a story that I'll never forget. And it's a story that I will continue to share for other people out there who just don't think that they're ever going to get to the end of the road. Exactly. And, you know, the thing about it too, is I think when someone has to go down the route of surrogacy, whether you always knew that that was the way or it had to be after dealing with infertility issues, whatever the case might be, a lot of the things that you have to do to become parents is automatically out of your control. You have no say. You go through IVF, the embryos are created. You have no say of how that works. You have no say of, you know, the quality of the embryos. You don't technically don't even have a say unless you only have one embryo or whatever of even which embryos sometimes you get to transfer. It's just, this is the best quality embryo from what the, you know, the clinic has told you. And so therefore, okay, fine. So a lot of it is out of your control. The pregnancy is out of your control because you're entrusting a, a totally 
a stranger that you're just now meeting and putting your entire trust in being of your child's life in this person's hands and allowing that stranger, if you will, to create this life for you. And again, out of your control. So it's rightfully so that if something isn't aligned with how you thought of it and how you saw it to be, right? Of course you want to take that control. Of course you want to say, okay, let's change up what we can change up and what we do have control of and be able to see if maybe we can at least help to move this forward and not lose that control that we have. And I know I keep saying control a lot because that is one of the biggest pieces of surrogacy. Absolutely. And it's one of the biggest hurdles that the intended parents actually have to deal with is relinquishing that control and and being able to say, okay, I've made all the best decisions I can possibly make for my child at this time. And I just have to kind of let go and allow the universe to take over. Yes. And then I think explain that loss of control to a controlling person. Uh, <laughs> controlling person is me. I'm I'm who I'm referring to. But I think that the great thing about that with being an intended parent and now a parent and someone who wanted to control the situation and rightfully so, the best way to handle that and relinquish that control is to look around at your table of people and put trust in them. And just because we went to look at other agencies doesn't mean we were losing trust in the agency that we were using with you with Family Inceptions. Because again, the first conversation we had with you, it there the foundation was built for trust. The foundation was built for success and you know your personal story within your business. So you look at that person and you say, okay, I can relinquish control because this person is in control of what they're supposed to do and what they're responsible for. And then you dig in deeper into your business and all of the people that we have been so wonderfully afforded to work with that are also doing a very good job. And then you provide us with a, a great gestational carrier and you're like, okay, I can relinquish all this control. But in order to do that, you have to be mentally aware, if you will, of what you're thinking about. Mm-hmm. And you have to tell yourself, okay, I can't be in control of this. This is not my niche. How do I let this go? Mm-hmm. And you have to be self-aware because if not, you're going to drive yourself stir crazy to do that. So um, you definitely have to dive deeper into the people that are at your table and determine whether or not you can relinquish control and that they can continue to support you and have the effective communication that you need when you're not in control of something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we got that. Yep. Absolutely. Let's switch gears for a second and talk about your relationship with your surrogate. Oh my gosh. Do we have to? Because I'm, <laughs> if I cry. It's okay. We'll cry okay. together. Okay. <laughs> she is amazing. She's an amazing person. And I can say that because you guys are actually was her second family that she carried for. So I've known her now for quite some time and 
she's such a sweetheart. And I know that. And obviously you have a completely different experience with her, something that you guys have a bond that no one can ever break. And so just kind of wanted to get your perspective of first, you know, as an intended parent, how do you even select, you know, and and not that you unfortunately have a whole lot of options. You often get one profile at a time, but you still have to say, okay, I'm comfortable with enough with that person to move forward. How do you go from that to then, okay, now we're matched and now we're creating and building this relationship and then through the pregnancy and, and ultimately through a delivery and after, but kind of talk me through that a little bit. I will say that our situation was a little di- different because, and, and thankfully so, because we had the opportunity of having two gestational carriers and they were completely different and they were both great. But I think one of the things that we should probably discuss is how the profiles were sent to us. So the agency that I told you about that we searched for, they actually provide you with multiple profiles and you get to choose which profile you think best suits you. Whereas your agency actually does a match process of here's a gestational carrier. Here are her characteristics, attributes, beliefs, et cetera. Here are the intended parents. Let's thoroughly look at these profiles for both um, the gestational carrier and the intended parent to see who they would be best suited for. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that takes a lot of pressure off of intended parents to receive a profile that you think is advantageous for us and that we would best relate to. That made it a lot easier because I could probably see we're getting multiple profiles could be very overwhelming. How do you choose? How do you do all of this? How do you have multiple Zoom interviews and, and figure out which one sits best with you? So thankfully, because of the way you did it, it made it a lot easier for us. And then it was also like, okay, Eloise, you know us. It was kind of those things. It was like, we were Eloise's hype girls. We were like, Eloise, she knows what's up. And I would say that that was one of the things that made the breathability of the situation a lot easier and to rest assured that we were in good hands. Now, the relationship, I don't know how you do it, but you do it and you do it very well. I know that when we met our second gestational carrier, after our our Zoom interview, Jesse, one of your employees, advocators for gestational carriers and for intended parents, said that our gestational carrier and myself, that we sent the same email to her with the exact same wording Mm -hmm. that said Mm -hmm. that was the most organic conversation that we have had in a long time. And we are definitely interested in moving forward. So maybe like the title of this podcast should be when the stars align, because again, (laughs) things were um, this, the title of this podcast episode should be when the stars align. Because that was another situation where we were like, okay, wow, this is it. And I think for me, speaking personally, you choose because if you're like myself, and again, I'm speaking for me, I feel like I'm a great read on people. And Mm -hmm. I feel like when I recognize a connection when I have with someone, I'm like, yes, that's it. I feel that I'm vibing with this person And that's how I felt with our gestational carrier. I -hmm. felt like, oh my gosh, she was the one. I mean, compare it to, oh my God, 
meeting my husband, he's the one Mm -hmm. I can compare it to that because that's how I felt. I knew deeply that we were going to stand together no matter the outcome of our journey together. Where are we now? Well, I couldn't have asked for a better person to be friends with, to be a part of my family, to have someone pray for us and think about us and reach out to us all the time. And there's just no way that we can't have a relationship after this. It was so, the relationship was so organic and so meaningful and so perfectly curated and just like, it was just there. It felt like we knew each other for like ever. And you might not want to take credit for that, but like if you didn't know what you were doing and if you didn't know how to read people and engage people, like I just talked about, you wouldn't be able to bring those blends together. And it's honestly wild that our gestational carrier and myself are the exact same and her husband and my husband are the exact same. And so like, I, now I have another girl to to talk to about the inadequacy of husbands. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we can all get on that line. Yes. (laughs) So how was the pregnancy itself? I mean, obviously, this is something you've never went through before. And now here it is, you know, you're going through a pregnancy. Yeah, I think it was in the beginning, it was really hard because we had already had two unsuccessful IVF transfers. And so we only had that to live off of when it came to us doing our third transfer with our gestational carrier here recently. And of course the 10 day waiting period is one of the most daunting things that I think I've ever experienced. Mm -hmm. And to do it three times is just like, how am I doing this again? But it was a perfect pregnancy. And Of course, I know that I'm speaking from my point of view and I was not carrying the baby and I didn't experience some of the things that she experienced, but it was the perfect pregnancy because of not only the way she handled it, but the way that she described it and the things that she shared with us and the way that she made us feel so involved as if we were the ones carrying the baby and we needed that. And we were very much a part of that. And also the positivity that she exuded throughout the pregnancy. I'll never forget her saying after the embryo transfer, as far as I'm concerned, I'm pregnant until someone else tells me otherwise. Mm. And again, as I previously discussed, words are very important to me. And when you say things and she was speaking that into existence, she was believing it, she was making it a thing. And she was saying that to the universe and making her body do what she wanted it to do. And thankfully we didn't have to wait the 10 days because on the third day she took a pregnancy test and it was positive. Mm -hmm. Of course, we know you still have to wait until the actual blood test. test. Yeah. Actual blood test to really know, but I feel like that helped subside some of our anxiety. And after that, it was like, honestly, perfection the whole, the whole entire way. Everything was great. Everything was wonderful. The the way she delivered information, the way that she made us feel involved and like we were actually there, it was great. And then the actual delivery was the most wonderful thing I could ever imagine. And everybody was there participating. 
everyone was there. It's just so interesting because, of course, it was like, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to look. I'm not going to. There were just all these things that I had made up in my head that, like, I wasn't going to be involved in. And then, of course, like, you go into this situation, of course, as two males thinking that the pregnancy is going to, or the delivery is going to be what they show on TV. Oh, mm-hmm. you have, you have a sheet over your knees mm-hmm. and no, you got the lights bright in the air. It's showtime. Your legs are open and it changes the way you think when you realize what is happening there in that moment. And the, the tears are for sure flowing and they are warranted and there's just a, it was just a different kind of feeling yep. in, in the, in the atmosphere. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So let's talk about real quick, your relationship with your husband, because obviously going through surrogacy is an emotional roller coaster, and everybody deals with their own emotions. And then you have a partner that you all together have to deal with these emotions. So How do you nurture your relationship through the difficult moments? And then how do you support each other? You know, how do you, because you did have bumps in the road. You did have losses that were heartbreaking and not just to mention emotionally, but financially as well. And you have these two partners that maybe you're on the same page and maybe you're not. Maybe you guys are, you know, in different spaces. So how did you guys go through that? I think the important thing is definitely talking about what you see this journey as being with your partner. And I think that that's what we had to do is like what we were expecting it to be and what we knew about how this works and how this can impact us, which is how we got to the decision of not sharing with anyone that we were going through this, that we were going to keep it with one another, between one another. So I will say you are very correct in regards to maybe you're on the same page, maybe you're in different spaces. We were for sure in different spaces. The way I handle quote unquote bad things happening in my life is a little bit different than my husband. I can definitely put a positive spin on things and use it as an opportunity to grow and use it as an opportunity to learn something and, and gather a deeper meaning from that where my husband is a spiraler, if you, if you will, where like once he starts thinking and going, he just keeps going. And I think what really worked for us is being empathetic to your spouse and doing the one thing that we don't do in the world, which is listen. Mm. And that's what I had to do. I didn't understand some of the things that he was going through. I didn't understand why he would think or say some of the things that he did, but I listened And I listened intently and I didn't listen to respond. And one of my roles of being his spouse is to support him and to hold him when he's down. And of course, there were times when I was down and he was there for me, but there were also times when I didn't share it with him Mm -hmm. because I know myself and I know that I can get through a lot of things on my own as I have in the past. And so I'm definitely sometimes one of those people who's just a tad bit stubborn where I'm like, oh no, I got this. I know how to talk myself up from this. But I will say we both agreed after our unsuccessful transfers, first two transfers with our third transfer, we had decided we were going to share with our family and our friends. And the reason why we decided that is because we were like, people need to know. The world is totally unaware of infertility and how surrogacy works. 
And how can we hold this unbeknownst information to ourselves when there are groups and groups and groups of people who have no idea how this works and how painful this is and how scary it is and how many people actually go through loss and, of course, eventual, hopefully, a successful pregnancy, delivery, and birth. And that's when we decided we were going to start sharing and we start sharing our story. And it was very important. It was very therapeutic because there were times where I felt alone, where I was like, I can't just talk to my husband about this anymore. I can't just have him understanding where I'm coming from because he's going through this with me. But what about all these people out here? And dare I say it, that are so tone deaf to the Mm. things say about others. Like, when are you going to start? When are y'all going to start trying to have kids? When are you going to get pregnant? Oh, oh, I'm just so like just expressing either their pregnancy or their journey in such a negative light when they're totally unaware of what's going on around them and having the self-awareness and self-regulation of that. And that is why I started to share and people started being like, oh, I had no idea. And other people started being like, oh my gosh. And I just realized I was saying all these things and asking all these questions and I had no idea. And I had to be like, well, it's okay. I didn't share that with you. Right. But now that I'm sharing it with you, there's something deeper here that you can learn. Right. So yeah, I I think that I, as people say, I think I did it for the culture um, Mm. in that case, because people needed to know. And it was very, very cathartic for me to kind of like put it out there that like, I'm going through this. Stop asking if we're going to do adoption or surrogacy, stop asking if y'all are ever going to have kids and are you going to go to another country and get a baby? And it's just things like that, that we need to teach people. And I can't complain about people if I'm not willing to teach them. Mm, Yes. Yes. And that's exactly one of the reasons why I wanted to start this podcast, because I think there's so much misconceptions out there and, and it's not, you know, the podcast definitely isn't just for people who are going through it. It's for the people who aren't going through it, but who need to know the loved ones that they have and what they are enduring through this process. And you have a unique situation as well in that you are a Black man doing surrogacy, which is an anomaly. Which I did not Um, know that, I need to say. I was today years old, so thank you for sharing that. That's an anomaly. I mean, the majority of families that do surrogacy are Caucasian families and then definitely there are African-American families that do surrogacy, but I'm saying majority are Caucasian families. And when it comes to black males, like you're literally like the last in line. And so the fact that you are, have now had a successful surrogacy pregnancy and gone through this, I'm curious what your perspective is, because quite honestly, I feel like, you know, a lot of people coming behind you and to be able to understand are really going to be, you know, other men who are going to be standing on the shoulders of you, that you type of people that have paved the way to be able to say, it's okay. I am a black man. I am a black gay man. I still want to be a parent. I still want to be able to have the family that everybody else wants to have. Just because my path looks different than your path, it is no better and it is no worse. So can you kind of share from that perspective? Yeah, absolutely. I think 
again, I know I keep talking about the world that we live in, but I can't speak about anything without sharing the type of world that we live in. But we live in a world where people have little to say. Well, uh, excuse me. We live in a world where people have a lot to say about things they don't know about and things that don't impact them. Mm -hmm. So if I want to be a black man that wants to have a family and have a surrogate, there are people out there who want to block that and make that a thing that I can't do because they don't believe in that. They don't see that. They don't understand how that works. And so then they try to speak on it, but it was just like, I thought we should learn that like, maybe we shouldn't speak on things unless we're fully aware of how they work. Mm. And so because people don't have experience in specific areas, they don't get it. They don't understand it. They're confused, but then they still talk. Again, as I said previously, I didn't know a lot about this, how this process works. I didn't know about surrogacy. I didn't know how much it cost or anything like that, but let's talk about that. I am a black man. I am gay. And it's unfortunate that I have to pay over hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars to have a family. And there are other people out there who aren't gay, who aren't black and who are black, who want to have a family and they can't even afford to do this. Mm -hmm. So our world has made it almost impossible for someone to do it because how expensive it is. Yes, I'm blessed and the I have the luxury to do it. So I have a bit, I'm breaking that barrier, but someone paved a way before me. There was someone that, that went on this road to fight for rights for me to get here. And I think about that all the time. And that's something that I'm going to share with the world and share with my daughter that like, I didn't get here on my own. Someone else did this for me. Someone else died protesting for me to have, not only for me to be confident as a Black man, but also as a Black gay man that's in an interracial relationship. I'm breaking a lot of barriers that a lot of people have done for me because of the way that, that have, they have paved. So I, I would say that those who are looking at me thinking that, you know, oh, wow, you did this. But like, I was probably in a situation where they are now, which is, I don't believe that can happen for me. Mm. And that's what I thought. Absolutely. Well, my last question for you is what advice would you give to other intended parents, you know, that's starting this process? Maybe they're already going through it. Maybe they, you know, are dealing with some tough moments and some dark times. And like, what advice would you give to them in an in, in encouragement of like, that shall happen. It's just a matter of when your time is. Yeah, I think now that I've been through this and now that I'm on the, the other side, I would say my advice is going to sound simple, but it's definitely easier said than done. My advice is that your time will come and to stop comparing yourself to other people and the journey that they're they're in and that you are going to walk into a restaurant, you're going to walk into the grocery store, you're going to walk into the doctor's office and you're going to see things that you want. You're going to see families. You're going to see that cute little girl and that adorable little boy. You're going to see twins. You're going to see all these different things. You're going to see multiple blended families and you're going to want that. And you have the right to want that. But 
just because you aren't there yet doesn't mean you aren't going to get there. Mm. Your time is going to come. And when your time comes, you're going to realize why it would, why it was your time. And you're going to realize that when you thought it was your time, it wasn't supposed to be. So don't compare yourself to the journey of other people and their family, because we don't know how they got there. You only know your journey and how you got to where you're going and you don't know. So maybe let's not assume that what we're looking at is sheer perfection when we don't know how long it took to get those beautiful, adorable things that you are looking at. So you're almost there keep going, keep trying. But as I like to tell my husband, be an MYOB house, mind your own business. <laughs> focus on what you have going on in your house and you're going to feel the weight lifted off of you that you are going to get there. And, and also please let the age thing go. Mm. Let it go. I don't care what society tells you about you're supposed to have kids by the time you're 35, 45, whatever. No, let that go. What God and what life has for you is perfectly for you. And you may not realize that now, but you'll realize it and you'll, it'll, it'll change your world and you'll feel like a much better person. afterwards. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Carnell, I can't thank you enough for being on the show with me today and sharing your experience. And it's been amazing. Uh, and I knew it was going to be amazing. I told you this before we we even started recording the podcast. Like, I, yeah, I knew this, I had to have this conversation. And then, you know, the fact that your daughter shares a birthday with me is even more perfect. So yes. there you go. Yeah. Well, she's, she's aiming for Eloise perfection. So we'll see if, she, <laughs> we'll see if, uh, if, if that stands up, we got, we got a while. So uh, yes, uh, yes, yes. But that's okay. That's all right. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll be glad to raise my hand anytime she has any questions to steer the way. Yes. I love that. Well, thank you for, for having me. And most importantly, thank you for being a part of a culture where, we are doing a better job at educating people instead of criticizing people mm-hmm. um, and belittling people because they are unaware of what we know. So thank you for sharing, you know, a very difficult topic. I, I appreciate that. And thank you for allowing me to share my story and how I got here and how I have even further to go because not quite done yet. Yes, that's right. That's right. Exactly. So, well, I appreciate you and thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this episode helpful, please rate Fertility Cafe on your favorite listening platform and share this episode with anyone you think could benefit from hearing it. Tune in next week for another amazing episode on Fertility Cafe. Until then, remember, love has no limits. Neither should parenthood.